And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious and exciting episode of Doing the Work, the first show on the Back Home Network dedicated to covering IU women's basketball. I'm your host, Kathy Amos, joined here by my co-host, Jeff Marlowe, today. Today, we are discussing our Indiana Hoosiers Big Ten Championship win over our Purdue Boilermakers, who are unranked and go down again, and our win is 83 to 60. It takes our record now to 26 and 1 overall, 16 and 1 in the conference. And again, this guarantees a share of the Big Ten regular season uh, title for our women, well earned and well deserved by those ladies. But let's start our show the way we start every show, and that is with our banner moment. And and Jeff, <laughs> I'm struggling really to come up with just one. There are so many today, right, that I think we could pick from. We have a um, even before the game started, we had some great moments with Grace and Alyssa Geary being honored for Senior Day. We have our 1983 women's team um, who won our last time that we won a Big Ten championship title. They were being honored with the 40th anniversary of that um, championship today as well. But I'm going to go all the way to the end of the game, which is I think just cannot be overlooked, which is just when the buzzer sounded and we officially had won the game 83 to 60 again. Um, I think this was just a fantastic you know, testament to our program. They had a great celebration afterwards where Scott Dolson and the presidents came out and presented the trophy to our women. Um, they all had their shirts on and it was just a fantastic moment to see that in front of a sold out crowd, 17,222 fans all cheering them on to this fantastic victory. So to me, I think that, that the whole day today was just a banner moment and it cultivated, culminated with that win and the buzzer going off for us today. And our banner moment is sponsored, as always, by Homefield Apparel. Homefield is constantly releasing new schools or updating the products for schools in their existing line. And maybe, hopefully, we'll even see another championship shirt coming out from Homefield, uh, you know, commemorating our championship win today um, and even more coming in the postseason yet. But they're... Um, always refreshing all of their schools that they have as well. So if you're one IU gear or any other college team, you can go out to homefieldapparel.com and find something for you, your friends, your family, or anybody in there. Um, again, you can also go there if you haven't, but purchased before, you can use our promo code HOME, H-O-M-E, for 15% off your first order. So once again, that website is homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. All right, Jeff. Um, so I guess we're a little premature here. They're still cutting down the nets there um, in Assembly Hall. But um, why don't we go ahead and go to Coach's Corner and get your initial uh, thoughts and basketball expertise on this game today? Yeah, I, I just think that that's one of those where uh, people can uh, can jump on and follow in as they come on from this celebration. But obviously, our show, is, you know, we can't wait, you know, we, we want to be live immediately after the show. I, I, I'm going to go to me, it was, you know, maybe because we don't do meaningful moments per se, but I, I'm going to go to that moment when Grace Berger left the floor in her last regular season yeah. game. And just that, that moment uh, with her and Coach Moore and the hug, and you could just tell that, you know, and Grace is going to go out as the winningest player in program history. And, and who knows, there may be some ones who can, who bypass her in the next year or two. 
but she's going to go out as the as the winningest player in program history. She's going to go out as a legend in the program. So I thought then just that moment, being a former coach, that moment with her and, Mo and Coach Morin where you could kind of tell just, you know, this is what the vision was. When they recruited her and what she had been working hard for to get to that point where they were winning a Big Ten title. And, of course, obviously that's just one check mark off on on the things that they want to accomplish. But I'm going to go to that. And But as far as X's and O's, I thought they made a nice adjustment in the second half. Uh, I thought Purdue really got them out of sync in the second quarter when they went to really kind of a box and one on McKenzie. And, and it really kind of seemed to take them away from going to her. And I thought they did a nice job of, of moving McKenzie around a little bit more and cutting people through the lane to see where that was. And then Purdue just tried to go to a straight up zone with them and, and they kind of carved that up. But I thought they made against nice adjustments at halftime, which has kind of come to be uh, what we've expected from this uh, coaching staff. So I, yeah. but again, overall I'm with you, just the, the magnitude of the day, the, the full crowd, the sold out crowd, the, the the seniors going out on a high note obviously you don't ever really want to lose your senior day and then just you know to cap it off with what they you know and they still control their own destiny no matter you know they they can still be an outright champion on their own even without some help but obviously uh, Iowa has a huge game on Tuesday with Maryland so we'll know a little bit more after Tuesday whether that game in Iowa City how much it has riding on it in terms of that. So, but this win also, you know, clinches the number one seed because IU has the tiebreaker. Even if they share the conference title with Iowa, they'll have the tiebreaker. So IU will be the number one seed in, in the Big Ten tournament. So a lot of things accomplished today. Just kudos to Coach Morin, the staff, the players, and, and the players who also, players and staff who also helped build this the last few years uh, as well. So kudos to them. Yeah. And, you know, Jeff, I know we don't typically do meaningful moments, but I think there were a lot of them in this game that maybe we'll pause here before we jump into things that went as expected and maybe highlight some of them. And one for me I want to go back to is in the second quarter when um, Grace hit her first field goal. Um, it was one of her patented um you know, pull up jumpers from from that elbow there with about 845 left in that quarter. And that had her pass alley for number 10 in all-time scoring. Um, I, I thought that was a really great moment from Grace as well, too. And just really liked her game all around today as well. So she definitely, you know, came out for her senior night and didn't let the emotions overwhelm her. And um, I thought she played, the whole team really played well under control. But are there any specific moments maybe that stuck out to you today that you would want to talk about? Um, I, yeah, I will. I, and, and to me, it just kind of being the old fashioned Indiana high school coach I am. I thought that was an interesting segment, um, with, um, where I can't remember exactly. I think it was third quarter, um, Madison Layton just shoving through a Sydney Perry screen on a, on a three ball by Chloe Moore McNeil that went in, we get the foul and then Sydney goes to the free throw line. And, and, and I just, the reason I say that is because to me, those were two players who grew up playing against each other. They had been in, you know, they'd had some some really good contests with each other. So just kind of that dynamic of not only just IU Purdue, but here are two Indiana kids who have played against each other for years um, in, the, in the high school system, the AU circuits. And, and, and that, I just, to me, it just kind of encapsulated everything about the rivalry there. Um, with that, I thought that was a, you know, to me, that was kind of a neat moment. I also, Kathy, and we were, I had a couple of friends and I were texting. How about the, uh, I, I think it was Terry 
who do, who blew the kiss early in the second half. Yes, when it was. They, they cut it to five. To, <laughs> she blows the kiss to the student section. A buddy of mine doing the old dodgeball quote. That's a bold strategy. Hope it right? works for her. When uh, you're down. <laughs> blowing the kiss to when you're down five. That's a bold strategy. Hope it works for her. We were doing the old dodgeball thing. But, uh, you know, we I thought we responded well. I, I You know, that, that you know, I, I'd like to think that even though we didn't outwardly do, see anything, I'd like to think that Grace Berger, a Mackenzie Holmes, a Sydney Parish, if they saw it, are like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We I always used to use a phrase when I was coaching, like, don't poke the tiger, it, right? It, you know, if it or the bear. Sometimes you refer to it, don't poke the bear. If it's yeah. sleeping, just leave it alone, you know. Right. And and so, but anyway, so those are a couple I have. What about you? You got anything else? Yeah. And I just want to also point out again, you know, um, and this is outside the game. It was really special to see, you know, as they were doing the trophy presentation, I thought it was really special to see um, Coach Morin with her father and sister there again, too. And, you know, getting to go over and share that with her family. I thought that was just a great moment and that the TV was able to to capture it for us so that we could, you know, uh, share that with them as well. I thought that was just really special because we, you know, hopefully we've all heard it at this point, especially her father is, is very well involved in supportive of coach Morn in the program. He comes to every game. He rewatches all the games in the summer. And it was just special to be able to see that with them and um, just an emotional day for everyone. So I thought um, that was a nice moment to, to see that as well. Um, do you have anything else or do you want to jump into things that one expected? We can keep talking about all these fun moments from today. <laughs> yeah. Let's head, head on over to the, as expected. Cause like I said, yeah. I don't, you know, there were so many, we could be here for there an were. hour just talking about the meaningful moments. Yeah, they're definitely worse. So um, how about you start us off, Jeff? Um, what went for you um, as expected today? Uh, back to the – I thought they had a, a little bit of a lull in the second quarter. Like I said, I thought Purdue got them out of sync. But, the, again, 20 assists uh, on 32 made baskets. We just expect uh, this team to help each other get open. We help this, We expect this team to find the open player. And I can't – I think that also goes back into what I mentioned earlier, just as expected – we think this staff is going to make proper adjustments at halftime and throughout the game. So I thought that was all indicative, kind of all together was indicative of, of everything. Those three things kind of go together. What about you? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think just the adjustment again that we saw coming out of halftime and um, my feed cut out a little bit, Jeff, so I, I kind of missed your moments so if I'm repeating it, sorry. <laughs> so, um, But as expected, yeah, that third quarter adjustment again, right? We came out, um, we were up by three at halftime and then we came out and outscored Purdue in that third quarter, 27 to 12. Um, that was by far in terms of offensive production, our best quarter. And that was a great adjustment after Purdue ended the second quarter on a 7-0 run that put them within three. And this is something I think we've really seen from the, this team this year is quite often is going into halftime. Maybe the game's a little tighter than we would have expected. And they come out and they really just, you know, make some great adjustments in that third quarter. McKenzie was, you know, getting involved. She scored her and Grace in particular just really took control. I thought in that third quarter, um, you know, <laughs> Megan McCowan called them the peanut butter and jelly of, of basketball. And I thought that was a nice analogy for Grace and McKenzie because they do go well together and they played really well in that third quarter, especially I thought as expected from the two of them was um, a very good example of how well they do play together. What else do you have? Well, and we talked a little bit about this in the postgame show coming off the Michigan game where we we kind of struggled uh, at times with scoring the ball and getting points on the board. But then if you go back today, 
all five starters in double figures. And that's kind yeah. of what we've really come to expect is just that spreading out. You talked about McKenzie had a really good game, and I'm going to save some of hers for a little bit later because I'm sure we're going to have a, a pretty good quality discussion about McKenzie Holmes's day later on. But, you know, when you look at we had three players – no, sorry, two players uh, with double-doubles, and, and Mac mm -hmm. just basically missed one. I mean, Sydney had 13 and, and 10, um, and then Grace ended up with 14 and 10 assists. So, you know, just that's what we've come – that's to me, that's that big expectation that we kind of talked a little bit about the other night. For those who missed the Michigan postgame show, we, we really didn't get a lot of depth in our scoring against Michigan, and we found that today. And Again, that's as expected. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and that's the other thing, you know, we've kind of come to expect as well from Grace is the assists. And uh, boy, was she on, on display today. She ended up with 10 assists, as you mentioned. So um, that was a fun way to get another double-double to go along with Sydney's double-double. So yeah, there were five players total for us that had double digits, plus Sarah coming in off of the bench with another six for us. Um, so I thought all around, um, you know, our main six players just, again, showed great teamwork. We had... Um, 20 assists on 32 made field goals. So just a really good ratio there and getting to 20 assists, I think is just what we come to expect from this team. Um, what other um, ex ex expectations did you have that were met? Well, again, I, I know it would probably sound like we say it every game, but again, I thought Lily Meister gave us a couple solid minutes here and there today. She mm -hmm. didn't get huge minutes, but she came on the floor and and she picked up a rebound. She she I thought she played fairly well. Again, her minutes were limited today. I think that was also partly because Purdue went small, especially a lot in the fourth third quarter and fourth quarter. And, and we saw McKenzie. Uh, maybe I uh, you know, and I'll save that a little bit. But Purdue went smaller and tried to draw Mac away from the basket. And I thought that that probably impacted how many minutes maybe Lily was playing. Yeah, I thought so too. So, um, any other expectations you want to highlight today, or do you want to move to any surprises? I'll let you start with surprises. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know that I have a whole lot to be honest. I'm struggling to come up with what I was We're, surprised well, about in this game. <laughs> I will say this surprised me. I think we've we I think we've known that she's capable, but I thought McKenzie showed good footwork, some decent lateral movement when she had to go out and hedge on the ball screen, yeah, or had to go out and guard because, like I was mentioning. Uh, I was trying to save that for this part because I thought this was kind of a pleasant surprise as I thought McKenzie did a good job of really staying out of foul trouble because, like I said, Purdue went smaller, yeah. really took their true post player out of the game for a big chunk of the second half, and I thought McKenzie was able to guard on the perimeter and, and not get in foul trouble and didn't look like she was getting winded. So I thought that was a yeah. pleasant surprise that McKenzie did all that and, and gave us and, and was positive in it because I thought early on in the game, Purdue did some nice things. I'd like to know what they were, what the original strategy was, because they had two or three in the first half right. where McKenzie hard hedged, and then we didn't cover the roll very well. And and so I really kind of want to know what the strategy would have been on the ball screens because we haven't seen McKenzie hedge a lot uh, this year. Um, it's been more of fight over the top, get through it. But yet, then we didn't really tag the rollers. We'd say in coaching, and and the roll just got right to the basket and got a couple three layups out of that. So, but I thought pleasantly surprised the fact that McKenzie was able to show the, the the quickness and the lateral movement to go out and guard on the wing like that. Yeah, I thought so too. That's a great great comment. In fact, she had three steals today. One leading to that layup um, down at the other in the the floor for us, and she so she had all three steals for our team. Those were the only steals that the team was credited with. I thought her. She had very active hands, but wasn't handsy, if that makes sense, yeah, right? I like agree. she she did it, like you said, without fouling. And just again, a great defensive game, um, in addition to her offensive game that she put on display. So I, if that's what I, I think we um 
really are starting to see from McKenzie in particular is how much her game has grown, not just from last year, but I think even within the season, from the beginning of the season to 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 now and how she is playing. Um, what other surprises did you have? I don't really have any. I mean, it was nice to see, you know, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about it, but um, I guess my surprise was I wanted to see what the celebration was going to look like. I know Ari was texting us. He kind of thought there wasn't going to be much celebration at all. I knew they were what we'd seen. At least I'd seen on Twitter that the trophy was was going to be there. That they'd p- talked about cutting down nets if they won. Um, but I, I, I just, you know, I, I was kind of interested to see because you sometimes you take that attitude of, uh, and, and I'm glad they did. I'm per se do it the way they did. But sometimes you kind of get the attitude like hockey takes. You know, when you win the conference final, you don't lift the trophy like the old hockey. The hockeyism, like <laughs> you win the Eastern Conference, the Western Conference, you never pick up that trophy. You want the Stanley Cup. But, you know, they, this program hasn't had historically this kind of success. So for them, I thought it was good for them. Uh, and I'm with the others I've seen in the chat, the workaholics. I've seen some of it on Twitter. My wife and I, we were talking about it before I came on the show. Uh, we've got to get a couple of those shirts, you know. we got you know, some yes. of those Big Ten champion shirts. So hopefully they'll have those on the website here in the day or two to, to be able to order because I thought those were some That's nice cool. looking shirts. So, but other than that, I just, again, almost like to hear it's like lingering questions right now. When you're 26 and one, are there really any surprises to, 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 to bring up? Right. Yeah. Um, well, cool. Well, let's just go ahead and jump inside the numbers and keep breaking down this game a little bit here today then. So one number I'll start us off, Jeff, but um, maybe a little bit of a surprise kind of carrying over was rebounding. We were even with Purdue and rebounding and, um, but, but which was a surprising piece, but we ended up at, out rebounding them in that second half and really um, took control. I thought of the boards and ended up out rebounding them 34 to 26. And, you know, that led to about 10, second chance points for us as well. Um, and we saw that a couple of times, especially I thought from Sydney Parrish, I thought she did a great job crashing the, the boards there on the offensive end in particular. And, you know, that's a good reason why she ended up with 10, 10 rebounds. So I thought um, just in general, we did it again, a nice adjustment um, from the first half to the second half of being a lot more aggressive on the, the, the boards and out rebounding Purdue quite handily in that second half. Um, what do you have on your mind in terms of numbers? Well, I thought that was key. I thought Sydney getting to the offensive glass today, getting three offensive rebounds, I felt like that helped her game as the game went along. She struggled. She came out and she got her first shot, I think, on a backdoor cut to, for a layup. But then she struggled on her, her jump shot. She was she was yeah. airballed one. She had a couple that just were really kind of brickish. But then yeah. she started going to the glass and got in a couple offensive rebounds, a couple putbacks, and I felt like that really kind of, kind of got them going. And that was always one of the things I always try to get players to understand playing for me is like if you are struggling, get to the line, you know, try to get to where you can draw a foul and get to the line, or go get an offensive rebound because that just kind of, that means you're moving, you're you're being active. And the more I always felt, the more you're doing that, the more you'll get into the rest of the game, and the shot will come around um, with that. Um, I'm going to go de- uh, diving into the numbers here a little bit. Yep. Uh, you talked a little bit about obviously when you have McKenzie Holmes, um, that's a big key, key to it. Also, I'll go back to the rebound. I think part of that rebounding edge for us helped in the second half that Purdue tended to go a little smaller. I thought the defense picked up a little better and and and, and challenged more shots in the second half um, uh, with that. And so, but we'll go points in the paint here. Indiana had a 34-22 advantage in the paint, and, and again, I thought that you know, again, that's just kind of expected. We expect IU to have a little bit of an advantage in the paint with how well McKenzie's played, but we also do a good job of getting into the lane, into the paint off the drive. So th- that was the one, that was the first number I had. 
Yeah. Um, so I wanted to highlight our, our shooting too. You know, we shot out um, five to seven to start the game from three point land. I think we had both Chloe knocked one down and Yarden knocked one down. Um, so overall, I, we ended up 11 for 27 though, for, from three point land. Um, and yeah, and that included O of four from Sydney. So I thought, like you said, that was a nice adjustment for Sydney to start really more going inside. But in general, I thought our shooting was was good today. We had 53% again from field goals um, overall. And a big part of that was McKenzie. She was 10 of 11 shooting. She didn't miss her first field goal until there were six minutes left in the game. And um, I thought she just really led the way with, again, how efficient she is and just so accurate as well. And they weren't all under the basket. We, we saw her be left open, you know, kind of at the top of the key somewhere in that area. And she knocked that one down. Um, I think it was in the first half. So just in general, I thought 53% shooting and then holding Purdue to 43% shooting was a great, again, performance from our team. What else do you have? Yeah, I'm going to kind of go there. I'll, I'll, I'll follow up on yours, though. The shooting percentage is always going to look a little better when you go 69% in the third quarter. <laughs> we, we shot well in the third quarter. But yeah. I'm going to go to the other side. I thought the defense, as I mentioned yeah. earlier, picked up in the second half. We allowed Purdue to shoot 50% uh, in the first half um, and and 14-28. Um, mm -hmm. But then the second half, we held them to 35%, 43% for the game. And, and, again, this is just what we expect from this IU women's team is for them to, once they get it, it may take them a little bit, you know, and I thought the first half they struggled. I should say struggle, but I, I didn't think they were as locked in defensively, especially in stretches, but that second half, they got locked in, they moved better, they communicated better and they, they hold Purdue to 35% in the second half. And that was a big number for me. Yeah, I thought so too. Um, and just in general, this holding Purdue again to 60 points, you know, this is, another game and another game and another game where our team is holding other the other team to well under their season average. So Purdue on um, the season has been averaging around 72 points per game. So we held them 12 points below that. And outside of Petrie, uh, you know, their, their leading scorers didn't have, you know, a, a great night either. I mean, you had um, Ellis, who's been leading them in Big Ten play at around 15 points per game. And she ended up with just 12 today. And I thought she had to really work for those 12 points to get to it as well. Um, and then only other one person in double figure. And then outside of that, I they didn't really have a whole lot of scoring going on. So I think it was great defense, um, again, from our team. So um, what else do you want to talk about with any kind of team or individual numbers that we well, have? Yeah, and and I'll talk about, talking about from the flip side, I kind of look at it from our offense. We scored 83. I think Purdue yeah. has only given up about 64. 64. Yep. Yeah, 64. 64. And I think they were third in the Big Ten in defensive points given up per game. And, and I, of course, I, we're number one. Yes. But but that means we outscored basically their average by about 20, or, you know, right around 20 there. So, you know, I, again, there are times when you don't feel like the offense is always clicking. But then you look up and we put 83 points up on the board again today. So. And, and we're talking about, we've talked about, we didn't think Sydney shot the ball very well. Sarah struggled a couple times, mm -hmm. you know, a little bit shooting. Two of six. Yeah. yeah I was sure. going to say, even though she hit two. So, but this, I think it's just one of those things as well as we get in and I'll finish up the numbers here. Is Terry Moore has talked about this. Yeah. That's the one big difference between this year's team and the last couple of years. It's more explosive. And so when they have runs like they did in the third quarter, they're able to score in bunches. And we've seen that a number of times this year. We talked about this on uh, Wednesday night 
um, or third, yeah, Thursday night, sorry, after the Michigan game, yeah. where they had a couple different 10 0 or 10 plus 0 runs against Michigan. And that's just, that's just to extent of how well this team can shoot the ball and score. Yeah, I, I thought so too. Um, and you know, they, and like we mentioned, they had, we had five, all five starters in double figures and then another 10 for off, um, from our bench as well. I, I just thought it was a nice balance scoring as well is just pretty efficient as well with again, 53% shooting. Um, I, I thought I would touch a little bit on turnovers. I don't think it was really a major part of the game. Although in that first quarter in particular, we forced six Purdue turnovers in just the first quarter and they ended up with 14 and, and we did as well. Um, the difference I think was really, even though we ended up even in turnovers, we turned ours into 21 points compared to 16 for Purdue. So we actually capitalized on those turnovers more so than Purdue did. So I don't think our turnovers hurt us. The surprising part was that um, actually um, Grace and um, Chloe Moore McNeil um, each had three and four and Mackenzie Holmes with three. And that was what was surprising, especially with Chloe. We just don't see that from her. She has such a high um, assist to turnover ratio to see three turnovers from her. I thought was a little uncharacteristic of her. So um, just a little surprising where they came from today, um, but not really much of a concern. Again, we were much more efficient in turning those um, Purdue turnovers into points for us anyway. The the one concerning thing um, for me is the the one concerning thing for me about those turnovers though was a couple of them were the, the, Grace had one I think Sarah had one and maybe even Chloe where they just were almost they got too deep on the baseline like they tried to tiptoe it and I, I, and again I understand what they're trying to do yeah. there's great plays that can be made from there but you got to have a little better awareness of where you are in terms of this of the inline and not get a, a kind of a cheap turnover there. Cause I think the one they called on grace, she actually was going to find, and I can't remember who it was, but there was somebody wide open the opposite corner that she was trying yes, to throw it to. Right in the corner. And, and so, I think it was um, yeah, I want to go into an individual stat here. Kathy, I'll just jump ahead yeah. into the individuals, but, uh, and I'll kind of steal from our friend Jay Horry here in mediocre Jay uh, and, and, and Mackenzie Holmes, I don't want to get too deep into her stats, but stocks and that combination of steals and blocks. She had four or she had seven. She had four, four block shots, three steals today. And, and again, when you have somebody like McKenzie who can kind of clean up in the paint and block some shots, because she's not always blocking the player she's guarding, she's coming and helping, that, that, that allows that defense to be just that little extra more aggressive where they know they've got help on the backside if somebody beats them off a cut or a dribble. So, But for McKenzie today, I thought that was a huge number, that the number of stocks, the blocks and steals, which was seven. Yeah, um, I agree. Um, and just to you know, point out to our points per possession, 1.2, and we held Purdue to less than one today, 0.9 points per possession. So again, just another stat that backs up what we're, we're visually seeing as well on the floor, that today our offense was really on point, and so was our defense. Again, it was just a great, well-balanced, all-around team effort on both ends of the court today. So um I don't really have anything else, Jeff. Is there anything else you want to talk about with stats in this segment here? Um, you know what? No, I'll wait till we get to the game balls and, and hustle awards because I gotta imagine we're gonna talk about several of these players when we get I think there. We have lots to talk about for any of those. We need more awards. So yeah, why don't we go ahead and transition over to then the uh, game ball?
All right. And with that, we will go ahead and transition to our game ball for today. Um, so for those of you who um, are playing along at home, if you want to throw some votes in there for game ball, um, go for it. Um, so, yep, today we are going to uh, let me recap, I guess. So in terms of game balls, McKenzie Holmes has, has won 15 already this year. We have three each for Yarden, um, Grace Berger and Sydney Parrish. And then Chloe Moore McNeil and Sarah Scalia each have one as well. So um, just got it scrolling there on the ticker there if you're watching on the YouTube feed. But Jeff, um, I'll let you go first. What? Who do you have for your game ball today? Well, man, there, there was a tough one here. There's so many to pick from. There, there's a bias. <laughs> I have a little bit of a bias because you put up 14 points and 10 assists, uh, four rebounds. Uh, her only drawback of the day for Grace Berger was the four turnovers. But I can live with four turnovers when you're getting 10 assists. Um <laughs> But I think I have to, I, I'm going to have to go with McKenzie again here just because 10 of 11. I mean, just you can't get really any more efficient than what she did and against a Big Ten team. I mean, yes, they're unranked, Purdue is, but it's against a solid Purdue team that should be making the tournament as long as they don't bottom out here the last two weeks of the season. They win, in my opinion, if they win a couple more, whether it's this week or in the in the Big Ten tournament, they're going to advance to the NCAA tournament. So it's a tournament team, in my opinion, that they she went 10 for 11. She had seven rebounds. She had an assist. And I already mentioned her blocks and steals. So, uh, And I know McKenzie's not a ball handler, so she has to rely on somebody like Grace or Chloe to get her the ball a lot of times. But, um, you know, I, I, I again, I just have a hard time going against the kid who went 10 for 11 on the day. Yeah. And there is, there's so many ways we could go today. I mean, you had Sydney with a, a double, double, and I thought she was, you know, really active again on the boards. You had grace with a double, double between points and assists, you know, and grace becoming, you know, cracking that top 10 of all time scoring. And then you already mentioned McKenzie with her 10 of 11 shooting and, um, um, her defense was really great today as well, too. And I thought Yarden had a nice game, too. Um, um, but I think I'm actually going to deviate a little bit, Jeff. I'm going to vote for Grace here today because I thought she, again, had a very complete game. It was her last regular season game here at Assembly Hall, and she didn't let those emotions that I'm sure she had get the better of her. Um, and I, I'm overlooking this, uh, the turnovers for sure, and I'm going to vote for for Grace with that double-double with the assist. Ten assists to me and cracking the top ten in scoring um even though McKenzie is 10 of 11 so I guess we'll throw it to the the workaholics here to see um who might uh break our tie so we got a couple votes for Grace we have Sydney and another one for Grace so um well since Grace it's down, is, yes <laughs> since it's down to Grace and Mac I think we got to go with Grace on this from the yep. couple who've already mentioned Grace here and yep. as well I, I have no problem with that I like I said I no. could have gone with that I, I, it's just one of those that you know it's a nice problem to have you know we're, yep. we're not sitting around here going mm, guess we'll just give it to one player we, we've got multiple right. players we can give this to so congratulations to Grace Berger Yes, absolutely. So that makes Grace's fourth game ball for the year. So how about we move over then to our Hoosier Hustle Award then, Jeff? So again, I'll recap as Jeff puts up the, the scroll here at the bottom. So in terms of great uh, Hoosier Hustle Awards this year, we have Sydney Parrish with seven, Chloe Moore McNeil with six and a half, um, Grace Berger with four and a half, Lily Meister with two and a half, and then 
um, um, Lexi Bargesser with two, and then one each for Alyssa Geary, um, Garzon, Peterson, and then Sarah Scalia has a half of a uh, Hoosier Hustle Award. So, um, Jeff, same here. I think there's lots of different ways we can go. Um, what do you want to talk about with Hoosier Hustle today? Yeah, and, and this is one of those I really felt like, again, I, I this is kind of where I was leaning toward Grace for the, for the Hustle Award. So, obviously, we're taking her out of that. Um, here and then, but Sydney, uh, uh, Chloe Mormineal goes five for 10, four bait on threes. I think they said on the broadcast that was a career high made threes in a game in her, uh, for with four. Um, she finished with uh, two rebounds, five assists, and she had three turnovers as well as you were mentioning earlier. So I thought Chloe's in that mix for hustle again. She's generally getting a pretty solid defensive assignment as well. Uh, Yarden goes on, as you mentioned, 12 points, four of nine, four of eight on three. So all of her makes were beyond the arc, six rebounds and assists with Yarden. But I'm going to go, I'm going to go to the kid that had also had the other double double here. Then I'm going to go Sydney Parrish, which is where I was kind of leaning on this to begin with, um, with 13 points, 10 rebounds, um, and a block for Sydney Parrish on the day. And I just felt like Sydney's energy, especially as the game went along, got better. Uh, with that. So that was my choice for the hustle award. Yeah. I, I, again, I think this is similar to our game ball. We just, this is a fantastic problem to have, right. Where, you know, we can talk about Chloe. I thought she was fantastic four of eight shooting from three point land. Um, and she, you know, again, uncharacteristic turnovers, but she also had five assists and, mm -hmm. you know, just ended up with 14 points. And I thought she was, uh, all over the the court again on defense, just doing what she we've come to expect from her. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to vote with you as well. I think um, Sydney just hustled all around, especially on the boards today and really gave us uh, a lift in that second half on the, um, rebounding side that we really, I thought, needed coming out of halftime. So I agree with you on that. And so we will um, give that to Sydney. And I believe that makes it now her eighth Hoosier Hustle Award. So, Jeff, um, I guess this takes us yet again to um, lingering questions, um, <laughs> which has been kind of hard for us to come up with. Um, do you have any lingering questions from today's game and this fantastic monumental win for the program it's not a it's not really so much a lingering question as it's an upcoming question and i kind of floated this out there a couple a week or so ago and i can't remember if you were on that night if you were gone when we when we did it um that game iowa at maryland will probably have a big impact on my upcoming question rather than lingering is and how does terry morin play that game next sunday in iowa city they've already clinched the number one seed in the big ten tournament even if they lose in Iowa City, they're not going to fall out of a number one seed at the at the at the NCAA tournament, and I, and I think they'd have a hard time even dropping down even a you know a, a spot. I mean, I think they're they're going to. I think right now, as long as South Carolina is where they're at, they're locked into that number two overall seed anyway. And I'm not sure they drop even if they they lose a game in Iowa City. But let's say Iowa loses in Maryland on Tuesday, you no matter win or lose, you're the outright Big Ten champion. Does she play the starters, and or does she? Or, and, and if she does, does she kind of limit minutes, especially if the game? Because you, you know Iowa's going to be hopping. Kathy's actually going to be there. Kathy's going to be there wearing her candy stripes, and she's going to be in that crowd. So hopefully she gets out of there. You know, I know the Iowa crowd will treat you well, but you know, yes. she's going to be a, a, a little pin pin of red in a sea of yellow and gold. But um, and that place is going to be frenzied. And, and so how will they play that game if they have the Big Ten title outright 
you know, that even if they lose. And, and so I'll be interested to see how they play that game. But again, we really won't know until after Iowa plays at Maryland on Tuesday. And the reason, mm-hmm. I, and I think that game's huge is we were texting yeah. a little bit back and forth yesterday. I think if I read the tiebreaker right now, I could be off a little bit. So don't take me a hundred percent on this workaholics, but I think if Maryland can win out, they can get the number two seed. And so that that game becomes a little bit bigger for them, possibly because you would, you know, but in terms of seeing for instance, tournament or for the Big Ten tournament, but also because obviously it'd be a quad one win for them against a very good team in terms of their NCAA tournament seating. So that's my it's more of an upcoming question rather than lingering because I don't right yeah. now have any lingering questions about this group. Yeah. But what do you, you think, know. Kathy? I'll ask you, what do you think if you were coaching? What would, if you and, and again, kind of the either or scenario? If it's to if you got to win in order to be the outright champion, or you've already got the outright championship, does that affect the way you you know you kind of control the minutes next week? You know, um, I from what we know, Coach Morin, I don't think it, it is. I think she's too competitive that she will. You know, if we if I will lose this on Tuesday to Maryland and we've clinched now outright, I I just I still don't see her going in. Um, with a chance to ruin Iowa's senior day. <laughs> and that's the um, point down the workaholics. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Jim. Uh, yeah. So, you know, yeah, they ruined ours last year. So let's get a little payback. I just, you know, Coach Morin has said many times that she hates losing almost more than she likes winning. And I just don't see that they'll go in there and, um, you know, rest the the starters if there's a chance, even we've if we've clinched. So I, I don't think that she's going to play that game any differently, regardless of what happens on Tuesday. That's that's kind of my my guess. So that's what about you? I mean, as a coach, would you would you handle it differently? I mean, it's hard question because I can understand why yeah. you might do that. You don't risk the injury. You you rest some of the legs, but then you maybe want to work on some, you know, keep that chemistry going, too. So I see yeah. see both sides of him. I, my gut would probably be I'd play my players. But if it got away from me at some point, like, you know, in the way. second quarter or the third quarter, yeah, more along the line, I think it's going to be for Indiana to win at Iowa City next Sunday. I think it's going to be a nip and tuck game. I can't imagine us going in there and beating them by 20. Now, if we do, good for us. I, I'm just, you know, all power. Right? But I think, you know, for IU to win, it's a five, four, five, six point type of game um, just because the crowd. And, and again, you know, it's a tough place and they're a good team. You know, yeah. let's not sell them short. Um, but I think if it gets to the point where let's say Iowa jumps up 20, some point in the second quarter or third quarter, then I might be kind of like, you know what, come on over, let's set, you know, and we'll rest. And the reason I bring that up, it's an old, you know, for those who are, who are old like me and can remember 1989, Bob Knight set three starters in Iowa city on the last game of the season. They had the big 10 title all wrapped up. Now they didn't have a big 10 tournament then. Uh, So they, they had the big 10 title all wrapped up. He set them. And they still end up going to the Sweet 16. I, I'm, uh, but I'm one like you, Kathy. I don't think Terry Morn will. I kind of, I, I'm with you. I think she, she's a competitor, and 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 I wanted to win every game too. Um, I, I just think that, and I think sometimes you see this in the NFL a lot, where they'll set team, you know, they'll set players that last week or so, yeah. and then they're rusty, and, they, and then they just, they just don't look like they're in sync that next time they play in the playoffs, and and that's not what you want. So I I, I would probably lean more toward that. Uh, that's what I would do if I was Coach Moore, and I'll be honest to see what she does next week. But I think that would be kind of the way she goes: is let's play them, and if we can yep. get a chance to get out of the win, we're going to go all for it. But if we start getting, you know, you know, if Iowa gets up on us, the crowd's in a frenzy, and you know, you know what? Let's just let's just get out of here with what we got. So, but yeah, so yeah, because my... um, I'm trying to find quickly what I, I believe right the Big Ten tournament 
starts than the next week, right? There's not a week in between. So yeah. So I would think that you wouldn't want them. Yeah. I don't know if you get rusty, but we're already going to have this week here in between, right? So this is a good time for them to to work on some things and take some rest and get some treatment for any ailments that they they have knees and <laughs> backs or whatever it might be you know going on you know after a long Big Ten season here is wrapping up we have this week of rest so I I don't know that I see them resting anyone in Iowa City especially with the Big Ten tournament coming right on its heels because you know the the team has made it very publicly clear that. Um, what their goal is. And their goal is to get to that final four and have a chance at a national championship. Um, it's also a goal to be big 10 champions. They've partially fulfilled that here. Um, I'm sure it's outright that they're wanting and they want to win the big 10 tournament. And so I think all of those are, you know, kind of leads me down the path of, I just, I, I don't see that she handles this game on um, next Sunday any differently. Um, even if, you know, hopefully we're all big fans now because day. <laughs> In Maryland beats I, um, I and on Tuesday I I think that same way she does any other game. Yeah, um, I would agree. I don't have any real lingering question. What else is on your? Yep. Yeah. Uh, lingering question: How soon do they get that material so, that the, that that apparel on the IU website yeah. so fans can start buying? <laughs> Right. Yeah. Well, I'll start uh, checking here, hopefully right after <laughs> we're finished with the show. Um, I'm, I'm eager to get one of those two. Maybe I can even, you know, wouldn't that be nice if I could get it in time to wear it on Sunday <laughs> over to Iowa City? That would be fantastic. Oh, so um, I don't I don't have I don't have any other lingering questions. How about you? That's it for me. Okay, so normally, everyone, this is where we would stop and highlight Iowa, our next opponent. Um, we are actually going to save that, and I believe that um, we're going to have Amanda Foster join us on Thursday, and, and that will be at 8 Eastern or 7 Central, and the three of us are actually going to really do a deep dive into Iowa and Indiana and preview that game on Thursday night. So we will hold all of our talk about Iowa. Um, we'll see at that point then on Thursday what happens between Iowa and Maryland. We'll know what's at stake going into this game. So we're going to wait and do that on Thursday nights. So, um, but as a programming note, other programming notes, Jeff is still keeping us updated about all of our Hoosier alumni that are playing professionally around the world. So be able to check that out in our private community if you're part of that or on our Twitter account. You can find us on Twitter by searching Doing the Work um, and find us there. You can get all kinds of news and information, and we try to keep people up to date there as well. If you are not part of our private community with the Assembly Call um, group, you should check us out. Go to assemblycall.com and go to the community page, and you can join there. I believe right now for the next couple of months, they're having a free trial. Mm -hmm. So um, it, it is normally um, a pay a wall there that you can now try for free, um, which is nice because um, it, it makes sure that only real fans get in there. We have some great conversations about men's basketball, women's basketball, even football. Um, there, and then we have Ari, um, who is in there keeping us updated about all different kinds of sports as well. So um, really check that out if you're not already. In terms of Assembly Call Radio, they will be back on Tuesday after the men go up to East Lansing to take Michigan State on. They'll have their normal post-game show. That game tips at 9 Eastern or 8 Central. And then, um, as mentioned, we will be back on Thursday, the 23rd, again at 8 Eastern, 7 Central, and we'll be preview previewing that Iowa game. Yeah, we're calling that DTW Radio. That's going to yes. become our new moniker for our non-post-game <laughs> shows. There you go. <laughs> 
All right, Jeff. So it is now time for our last call. So uh, how do you want to wrap us up today? What's on your mind here? Uh, I'm just going to wrap it up, Kathy, with, you know, congratulations, like I said earlier, to the players, the coaches, uh, past and, and present, you know, especially these ones who have played with Coach Morin and been part of the staff for the last four or five years who really built this up. And I will say this, I, I may be speaking, you know, putting my foot in my mouth a little bit, but I got to imagine there are some players like uh, Tyra Buss and Amanda Cahill and, and, and Alexa Golbe who were staying up late over in Europe tonight to watch this game. Um, and others as well, not just those three, but I know those three are overseas. And Nikki Cardano-Hillary, those four who yep. are overseas right yep. now who played for Coach Moore and who've been part of this, this special run of success. You know, the, the Cahills and the buses and that group kind of got them going into the assembly tournament on a regular basis and won that WNIT, which I really firmly believe is what really started this run, was that it showed that Indiana could win at, at a level like that. Uh, in the women's basketball program. And then the others who have come through. The, and of course, Allie's on, Patberg's on the staff now um, and so on. So I, I just think that it's not just about this year. I think Coach Moore would tell you that uh, as well. You know, this isn't a, a one-year thing. This has been building. And so congratulations to those players and coaches past and present on a Big Ten championship for the first time in 40 years. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's hard hard to follow that up, Jeff. Um, quick update. Uh, we do have someone in our chat that says the pre-orders for the championship t-shirt are available already on the web. So after we get done here, we can go search for that and pre-order our, our championship shirt. So I, I'm just going to echo everything you just said and probably repeat quite a bit of it. But yes, huge congratulations to our team, to our coaching staff, and to the fans that showed up again, right? This is 17,222 tickets sold to this game today and a sold-out official crowd for the first time in, in program history. And thank you to all of the players who came before this team, you know, and helping to, to pave the path, as you mentioned. You know, we wouldn't be here without them, including that team from 40 years ago, the 1982-83 team that won that first championship um, way back then. So it was great that they were in attendance to be able to watch it as well. Um, and I hope that we see this going forward, right? Like, we, we're we going to have games now in Assembly um, Hall for the, the first uh, round of the NCAA tournament. And so can we sell out again? And let's not make this a one-time thing for the women. I think they've earned this and we need that, you know, support to continue on, not just for the, the last game here of the regular season. So uh, uh, it was great to see it. It was great to see all those folks lining up as early as 4.30 in the morning <laughs> to, to try to get seats in there. And I'll be excited to see what kind of changes this, you know, sparks for the program next year um, in terms of, you know, maybe they'll do some things differently with crowd control and traffic control and, you know, maybe assigned seating and things that'll continue to grow the program the way that we've been seeing it, especially the last three or four years here. Um, yeah. so overall, just great. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry I interrupted you, but I just I think that was something I saw on Twitter or so. Maybe even in Ari, he might I'm, 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 I might show I might give credit to Ari here. Uh, that I thought saw either maybe it was in the community or I saw it on Twitter somewhere. There are going to be some discussions I think in the off season here coming up in the athletic department about how to really um, take this program and and start thinking more along the lines of the bigger crowds and 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 things such as that to to and 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 i hope it will not offend anybody but you know to more maybe rather than everything being a general mission seat that your season ticket holders will get assigned seating and, and parking and things like that they're all going to be kind of moving toward the what we kind of expect on the men's side in terms of all that um 
and with that and 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 Kathy, you talk a little bit about you know that that 1983 team yeah it's just hard to believe that's been 40 years uh, uh, with that to get here i've also been having some fun with quang in the chat he's, <laughs> he's catching he's trying to catch up he was watching the post-game celebration on the tv yeah. instead of us quang <laughs> All right. um but you know uh you, you talk about um uh, I lost my train of thought because you mentioned something I was going to kind of. We were talking about the 1983 team. Yeah, and there was something else you'd mentioned too that that, that you know kind of went along with the 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 whole process of. Oh, um, yeah, and and not only that, uh, I was going to say we want this run to continue. Yeah. But realistically, with Mac and Sarah both coming back next year, as with Grace and Alyssa being the only ones who are going to, who at least right now we know won't be back. This team next year is built to have a success next year as well. Right. So it's not just, you know, we want them to be successful now. I want to see Grace Berger and Alyssa Geary go out as far, you know, go as far as they can possibly win a national title. But this program should stay a pretty competitive program on into next year, just based on the recruits she has coming in, who's coming back from this team. And then also, you know, who no matter who you might get in the portal and, and who, you know, you don't know, maybe somebody will leave in and out of as well, but this team will be pretty good next year as well. Yeah, I agree. I, I fully expect it will not be another 40 years in between champions, uh, championships for sure. Um, I think that what Coach Morin is built here with her and her staff is something that's sustainable. I don't think this is, you know, oh, we better hurry and win this year because next year all the team's going to fall apart. We have actually quite the opposite, as you mentioned, really out of the rotation. Only Grace is the the only one that we know of leaving, to your point. So that's a that's going to be some great expectations going into next year that I'm sure will be on on this program as well. So um, anything else, Jeff, you want to talk on today? Nope, not today. Okay, my, me neither. So if you do want to join us and be part of the, the show and be in our live chat, you can subscribe to our, our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash assembly call. You can be part of our private community as well. Again, you can go to assemblycall.com slash community. You can join for free right now with a free trial that they're having on. Special thanks to John Ringer of Riggs Design for designing our logo. A big thank you to Bob Thompson for our new music that you've been hearing throughout the broadcast. And most of all, thank you to all of you out there who have been listening with us uh, for the last couple of years as Jeff and I are getting this podcast up and going and supporting our Indiana women's um, basketball players. So thank you all again. We will be back again Thursday to preview that Indiana-Iowa matchup for the last game of the regular season. But until then, keep your elbow in, your eyes on the rim, and let's go Hoosiers. Awesome. Right. I liked the beginning, Jeff. That was really, really cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I may have to try and work on that one a little bit. I just, you know, and see what I can do with it because that's, uh, uh, I just PowerPointed that together and put it into a video format. So, yeah, that was neat. I liked it. So, well, how about that? Nice way to, to end the weekend here, wrap it up with a Big Ten championship. <laughs> yes, so. very nice. You know, with, wow. the, with being the, the first podcast dedicated to women's basketball, they got to send us some material. Send, send us some material. Right. Yeah, I know <laughs> yeah, they don't care. Too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, and then thanks to all the workaholics out here today. Again, I know on a Sunday, it's sometimes hard to jump in, but uh, enjoy having everybody in. And I know some of you were like, I was having fun with Quang. They, they were watching the, the post game a little bit on on btn and stuff and that's fine uh but we didn't want to delay our broadcast because we just felt everybody's used to us being on pretty much right after the game so yeah. you know so um 
I do agree with you. I think this week will be huge. I think it will help them. I'll bet Terry gives them, Coach Morin gives them a day or two off. Obviously, mm-hmm. we've always, Grace has said they always get the day after anyway. Yep. I wouldn't be surprised if they get a second day this week of no, at least not five on five on the floor activity. I, they'll, yeah. they'll watch film, they'll do things like that. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if she gives them a couple days this week away, yeah, from, the, away, from, away from an organized practice per se. Sure. Yep. Cool. All right. Well, should we end this broadcast then and go enjoy our, our Sunday afternoon, go find some shirts to pre-order? <laughs> yeah, I agree. So and I'll get this, I'll get everything uploaded here. All right. Sounds good. All right. All right. Thanks everybody. See you everybody. We'll talk to you Thursday with DTW radio. Yes.